Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to a very special bonus edition of the Wulong Talks podcast. Um, as you know, if you've been following us for a little while, we like to do some interviews when we get the opportunity to do them. Um, and today we've got a terrific interview lined up for you and a very, very special guest as well. Uh, we'll introduce, he will introduce himself shortly. But first of all, um, let me say Happy New Year to everybody, because I don't think I've got the chance to actually do that yet. So Happy New Year, everyone who's listening. Um, and of course, I'm joined by the wrestling kid, the star of the show, Rich Kid. <laughs> Rich, how you doing, man? I'm not too bad. Um, as my boy would say, Happy New Year, you filthy animals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, good to be here. Uh, 2018, let's see how this goes. Mm, mm. That's, that's, that's the motto for the year, man. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what phrase I heard today, actually, randomly? Um, I was watching old reruns of, uh, I don't know if either of you two watched this, but um, Mock the Week. I was watching reruns of that and they had a, a saying on there, which was nuts on the road. And I love it. <laughs> so that's like, oh, that's our motto for 2018, nuts on the road. And it's like, what does nuts on the road mean? Anything you want it to mean. <laughs> just, just nuts on the road, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, um, let me introduce our guest. Uh, we have, a, as I said, we have a very special guest here uh, that we'll be interviewing. Um, his name is Jed Shepard. He is a screenwriter. He is a independent filmmaker. Um, he is a podcast superstar. He is um, a very good friend of ours as well. Somebody that we've known for a very, very long time. And it's, it's a real privilege and a real pleasure to be able to sit down and, and catch up with him. So, Jed, Welcome. Hello, guys. Nice to be here at last. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's, it's only taken, what, six months to, yeah. to get to this point? It's about a year in the making, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Under a lot of pressure right now. To... Uh, I, I was just going to say that. We need to deliver big time on this one, people. <laughs> we really do. Thank, thank you for the intro. Making me sound good. In, I think that, that intro, you should have just said Playboy Billy North Anthropist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you have missed pretty out a much. few things. Yeah, yeah. The key ones, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, man. Well, yeah, I said it's, it's great to finally have you dude um yeah. you know with uh, as i said in the introduction listeners you know jed's got his finger in many different pies and um yeah we'll keep that between us but yeah um but you know he, he's got a lot of experience of, of different things so hopefully here with with the conversation we'll have with jed you'll get an idea of, of kind of how he's gone about you know um creating the the art that he does and and the script writing work that he's done and yeah. also maybe it will give you a few ideas as to how you can get into um sort of script writing and podcasting and things like that as well yeah um but yeah jed obviously we'll, we'll start with the most obvious question i guess which is yeah. how did you get started into sort of screenwriting and stuff well um 
like first of all, we we went to school together. We went to uh, college together to St Francis Xavier, otherwise known as SFX, which sounds a lot cooler th- than it is. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and back in SFX days, I was like writing little stories here, and none of you guys ever sing, so I would just kind of hide it because it's like stupid. Um, but I mean, even back then, like we were all like massive film fans. We considered ourselves like up on like kind of geek culture before geek culture even existed mm-hmm. um when it when it was a time when um if you like comics you were kind of like an outcast um when you'd kind of like people would ask you where you're going and you wouldn't tell them you're going to the comic shop you'd tell them you're gonna go kick some cans somewhere or something, <laughs> or something. <laughs> play, play playstation gonna go rob a pensioner <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna light a fire <laughs> yeah well we'd be we'd be getting on on a wednesday or whatever going getting comics and stuff and like trading cars and things um so i mean ever since i was a little i'd be like into like films and i was always like how do you get into films maybe you have to be in hollywood um so i always kind of wanted to do it myself and yeah the little stories i wrote were just always kind of like um what if i wrote an episode of star trek what would i do and it would just be like chaos basically it'd be like a lot more like dark and kind of um gory than a star trek episode ever was um and yeah i think just over the years i've just been writing my own little stories every now and again having a little bit success here and there it's kind of only really recently, it's been quite a, quite a long process, where the stuff I'm writing is actually kind of like caught on. So it's not like an over... People kind of like think it's a little bit of an overnight kind of success type thing. It's just the opposite. It's taken so long for people to take me seriously in the kind of, kind of things I do. And I think it kind of all started um, my involvement with kind of film. Um, do you know the Birdemic franchise? Do you, have you heard of the Birdemic uh no i I know by biodemic i think i've heard that name before but i don't know the okay um, i'm about to educate you in i'm I'm stupid yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a pretty face but i'm stupid (laughs) (laughs) well i mean not not a lot of people know this one but it's considered like the room one of the worst movies ever made um in but in kind of a, a good way so i watched this crazy movie about these killer birds um taking over san francisco uh, or an area of san francisco and i was like this person who made this is one mental but two i want to be involved in this guy's imagination somehow so like this kind of film become became a cult hit it it got to the front page of the new york times it was shown across the world as a cult film like one of those midnight films and i was like i want in on this so i do what i normally do um i email everyone involved and like how can i get in on this how can i get on this and the the kind of best way i thought was right i'm going to pitch them a sequel so i was like okay this is my idea for a sequel um and i found the uh one of the main actors alan bar his name is um and he's considered one of the worst actors of all time by the way so i emailed him <laughs> hopefully he's not listening to this yeah i emailed him and i was like okay this is my idea for a sequel we need to get this made and like he doesn't know me from, from and i, I don't have anything to, to kind of show him as a reason why he would listen to me but he was okay you got to speak to the director it's nothing to do with me um kind of go away so i found the director's email address emailed him like, okay this is what i think should happen this is how what i can bring to it and all i can bring to it is is nothing basically <laughs> just kind of my help um or c- c- kind of a few ideas and then just weirdly it's kind of it was it was in his mind to do a sequel anyway um so a, a sequel was put together uh, with me as producer on it um to one of the worst films ever made so it was called birdemic 2 <laughs> and where the first one was just about killer birds which was kind of like a ripoff of alfred hitchcock's the birds um i would i kind of my thing that i lent to it is a little bit more imagination so it had zombies in it it had time travel in it it was it's an absolute di- absolute disaster like beyond a joke absolute disaster but if you have a few drinks and watch it with friends it, it's a real real good watch um so that's my first experience of the kind of the, because that had its premiere at the hollywood like the man's chinese theater like oh, um, nice. yeah it, it, it was big all around the world we had premieres in london europe um, i managed to get it into a bunch of cinemas 
just just sweet talk them basically so it was it was a minor success and i was like i kind of like this and uh, while we're waiting for birdemic 3 to make to be made which i hope never does get made <laughs> even though it's in my contract that i write it by the way um i was like right i need to i need to do something properly and i kind of like hooked up with um this director um and it was kind of like kismet really because um uh, it must be quite hard for people out there to kind of get their kind of footing in in, in films but for me it's really easy i just saw someone online who he posted a real short film i think it was only one minute long um and i was like ah oh, this is kind of cool let me e- i want to hang out with this guy i emailed him um and he was a bit younger than me as well, so it's kind of weird. And I was like, um, you don't know me. I really like your film. I think we should like, like go for a drink. And um, we can talk horror movies. Because I think I read somewhere that he liked horror movies. Talk horror movies, music. And he was like, cool, because he lived in London. Matt with a drink with him. It, f- it turns out that he was into all the same things as I was, had all the same references, knew all the same horror films. Um, so we were like, okay, at some point we need to make a horror film together because he's he's a director. He was kind of get, just get, first getting his name out there and I, I was c- kind of doing the same thing. So we had this idea to make um, uh, an exorcist movie. And that was the first thing we thought of um, about a guy who, um, this is a spoiler for the first thing we did. It, um, we did this film called Absence, which stars Paul McGann, who was the, the oh, eighth. Oh, great. Eighth, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. was the eighth Doctor Who. Mm. And, he's um, like the eighth brother as well of the McGann. Yeah, he <laughs> probably is, yeah. yeah he's like he the is, white yeah. versions of like the Wayne's family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really is. <laughs> um, and like, so, so my thing was like, like we had like a kind of a wish list of what we wanted to do with it. Had this idea um, to kind of surprise people and p- make people think it's not a horror film, but it turns out he's an exorcist and all kind of like shit hits the fan. Um, and I was like, I want someone, I want a Doctor Who to play it. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then for su- somehow we managed to, we, had, we, we hooked up with this producer called Dougie who I basically tell him what I want and he somehow makes that dream happen. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, just, just get me a Doctor Who. So he comes back to Paul McGann um, who does it, I think for free as well. Wow. Um, okay. Like literally, no money went into this film, um, and we made it, and it was it turned out amazing. And that, and uh, we got into with that particular film, we got into London Film Festival, Fright Fest, and a bunch of other festivals. Um, and I was like, oh, so it's like this easy. This is how you you get known and go around film festivals just by making a little film. And this this was a, a real short film. It's only like a few minutes long. Uh, and I was like, okay, I like this. I like this, but I've got another idea that's more ambitious. Um, and it's called Dawn of the Deaf. And I was like, to the room, don't, don't laugh, because it sounds like it's a parody of Dawn of the Dead. Um, but he, he, here's my pitch. It's about a group of people who, it's a, kind of a post-apocalyptic scenario where a sound kills everybody on Earth, and the only one who survives are the deaf people. And he was like, shit, we need to make this. <laughs> but obviously, this sounds expensive. <laughs> so like, we, we, we tried to kind of like get funding and everyone we went to, and by this time, Rob was like, a, he was doing adverts and stuff. So he was quite a well-known director. He did, he did like a Barclays advert and things. So he had a bit of clout. But no one would make a horror film with subtitles and sign language because yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's going to be a hard um, sell. Yeah, and we Ooh. originally wanted to make it into a feature film and people were like, no, we, we, we don't like this idea. So we said, okay, well, we'll do it as a short first. Um, so we just scrambled some money together, uh, favors from everybody. Everyone who involved did it on favors. Uh, we convinced um, um, a, a particular acting school to give us some money if we use some of their actors, um, and we had to like teach them sign language and stuff. And we basically we we, we did this short film called Dawn of the Deaf. Now I knew it. I knew it would be like massive, but but and Rob did as well. But nobody else kind of felt it would be. And um, 
until like in hindsight now they're like, oh yeah of course it was going to be like massive um so we submitted it to a bunch of festivals and all of a sudden we get a response from like sundance and yep you're in sundance you're in london film festival you're in uh, all the big festivals around the world and we're like wow okay this is this is bizarre mm. <laughs> um so i spent the last year going to like maybe well it got into about 130 film festivals and i went to a whole bunch of them all around the world i got to introduce the film at um like a london film festival uh went to sundance and we showed it three times at sundance and and if you get a film in sundance you've basically you made it because people will come to from 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 that point on people just come to us now and just Mm. throw money at us to make films which is great um so uh yeah so we made it thinking with the premise that we would leave it at a point it would kind of end with people wanting more um and because of the success that we won like a ton of awards we won best film at like tons of film festivals um we've we now have the we're now making the feature film of it i can't really say who's involved with it but a big some big people are involved with it mm. some big names who've made massive films very recently uh, they're on board as producers so it's going to be basically a big hollywood film um and yeah and me and robert basically just sell outs and just, <laughs> <laughs> <we're> just like, <laughs> originally was like yeah no it has to be filmed in london we have to be independent <laughs> blah, blah, blah. no we're just selling out now so <laughs> um excuse, so me, y- excuse me how much <laughs> yeah <laughs> take me <laughs> so um yeah so we filmed the feature film in 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 holly well in america um in 2018 this year and um it's going to be the first feature film that we've made um but we also have we also have a, a tv show in the works as well which we're we've kind of shopped around to a, to a couple of places and we think it's going to be kind of start making it in the next few months and that's a, a horror anthology show a bit a little bit like maybe like um kind of like black mirror but like for horror mm, mm. um and we just we just constantly have loads of projects on the go we're being courted by quite a lot of like kind of big names in the horror industry um and who want to kind of do stuff with us which is which is really good so we're, we're kind of in the position like we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago where someone just gave offered us a lot of money to make something for them they were like we don't care what it is just give us an idea and we'll make it and we're like okay and to me that sounded really good mm. but afterwards rob was like no we can do better i was like we can do better than someone giving us loads of money to make a film yeah <laughs> um and but no because we're in i think after dawn of the death it's going to be it's going to kind of be crazy right um yeah. based on mm who's involved with it yeah who i've just turned myself up that wasn't on purpose guys I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool no um, yeah so um so that's the kind of scenario uh, for that and mm. then we, we're also kind of like working on um a ton of other kind of like things as well in the pipeline it's, it's just kind of keeping up the momentum that's kind of what you've got to do because once mm. you have one semi semi hit you've got to kind of keep going otherwise people forget about you so it's yeah, a bit daunting yeah. um but I think one of the main things is is if you just if anyone kind of has any inkling whether they want to do this themselves is to submit their films to film festivals because you'll get random people seeing it and they post reviews and they kind of tell their friends and and if if you have something that's even half worth watching that like it'll, it'll find its audience mm-hmm. um, mm. even if it is a, a subtitled film about deaf people um, fighting zombies mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I've had a good time just going around the world like i went to slovakia like a, like a few months back to slovakian film festival and never in my life would i thought i would go to some random village <laughs> in slovakia and at first i thought this was going to be like a situation like hostel or something. yeah like, I, i'd turn up <laughs> and it'd be like like i'd have to like 
like, I don't know, escape <laughs> some kind of maze or something. Mm. <laughs> like, it was really good. They, like, everywhere, every festival I've been to, they've kind of looked after you. I mean, Sundance was ridiculous because you're in the mountains surrounded by, like, films. Of, you walk down the road and there's, like, Kristen Stewart, like, walking past you. Yeah, there's Robert yeah, Redford, yeah. like, having a coffee next to you. And mm. it's, it's like you're living in a cartoon or something. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, and then it almost, it almost consumes you as well because you think, okay, this is what life is like right now. And then you go back to London and it's just like, they're trying to swipe your Easter card yeah. and it's not working. And it's like, oh, back man. to earth with a bump. Yeah, <laughs> it's raining and it's great. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no. so basically that's kind of how I got into it. I just fell in with the right people. Um, and I've just, I'm just consumed by like horror. I love horror. That's my thing. Like find your niche and just embrace it. And like, it's funny because like people... Ha- People used to hate horror. Uh, people kind of considered you like a freak. Because I remember even when we were in school, like people would say, oh yeah, Judge, you're just into horror, like weirdo. But like um, now horror is like the mainstream. Like the, mm. the biggest films mm. in the world are like Get mm-hmm. Out mm-hmm. And, um, and and then films like and It, obviously mm. It made crazy money. Um, so like now people are scrambling around for horror horror like writers and, and directors. And because like me and Rob are like almost the only ones in the game who kind of know your horror, it's you come to us if you want a decent mm. like horror film yeah um no. so yeah so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i hear you i mean it's the, the the rise that you've had here is is um it's definitely not meteoric it appears to have been meteoric to yeah. to, to those who obviously don't know how much you've had to go through in yeah. order to get to where you are now but yeah um it does show you kind of how quickly things can change if you know you've you've kind of stick with with your principles and and yeah. and stick with with the path um and and don't get put off by you know the knockbacks and and yeah how long it can take for for things to string together it, it, yeah. it shows you that definitely so yeah good on you man um oh, the next question i was actually gonna ask you yeah. was, was something you kind of started to answer anyway yeah, so i'll I jump can, into that and I then can, i'll let richard ask you some questions as well I can but it. um the question i yeah the, the question i wanted to ask was that um you know, the as as you started to say, the horror genre is is really kind of exploding, and that's something yeah. that that we've kind of talked about a little bit on the podcast as well. I mean, particularly it feels in the last eighteen months, it's it's just kind of gone huge, yeah. massive. You know, you're getting horror movies making so much money at the box office. You're getting yeah. horror becoming part of the cultural zeitgeist again, and people yeah. are you know are talking about you know it and and Pennywise and and, and all of that yeah um what do you think it is that that is the the kind of the greatest strength of um horror movies what do you think it is that 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 makes horror um appeal to people in in such a way that that some other genres just don't do because you know some genres don't really cross over from their their core audience in the way that horror can horror seems to be able to span generations and, and and racial boundaries and ethnic boundaries so yeah you know well the, the thing that people need to kind of like understand is all of the the biggest directors that are out right now all started in horror you've got steven spielberg first film horror film mm-hmm. you've got james cameron first film horror film mm-hmm. literally anyone you can think of who's, who's a, a big um director their first film was horror maybe there's a couple of people out there who didn't take that route but a lot of them did mm. um and the reason why they did that was because horror um, is the cheapest and elicits the biggest response for the for the input you put in there. You can make that's why you have Bloomhouse doing so well. You stick like two or three million into it into a film. As long as it's got a good idea, it'll blow up. Like uh, mm. Get Out, Don't Breathe, 
um, all mega cheap movies. Like mm. um, another one was um, Happy Death Day. Yes. That was made for 5p, yeah, yeah. made like 500 million. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just Groundhog Day. It's yeah. just Groundhog Day with yeah. like a horror element to it. Um, so that's why um, it's appealing to like producers because you can make the most money for the littlest risk. Mm. Um, and I think if any type of film kind of elicits a response from you, um, it's, it's a good thing. And horror is designed to do that. You go and see a rom-com, the most you can get is maybe a, a few tears here and there, but you're not going to get your heart r- racing, heart beating. That's what you want. You want an experience. That's why people do like escape rooms and, and kind of um, and things like that, because you, you're going for an experience. You're going to make your, make your heart beat fast. You're not going to get that in a Meg Ryan film or mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, well, maybe if you look at Meg Ryan's face too long. Yeah, that's true. That, that's a horror film in itself. <laughs> that is, uh, can I just say that uh, that was go through that? <laughs> Sorry, Meg that's Ryan the vodka talking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't sue us, Meg. Don't sue us. But yeah, so uh, um, it's kind of right now. If you're into horror and you have any horror ideas, it is prime. This is what I mean. If you're out there and you have a horror idea, an original horror idea um, for a film, you it will get made. People will come to you and get made. People are so desperate. Producers are desperate f- um, to, and directors are desperate for an original horror idea. Mm. I can't like say the amount of times I've been in a situation where people have thought, okay, we we need more horror ideas. And there's only so much I've got. I've only got, well, I've got like 20 years of, of stupid horror ideas and some of them are good, but some of them aren't. Uh, but if you're out there and you have a, an original horror idea, people will make it. You just mm. need to kind of like find these people. Um, but um, yeah, and again, like, like I said, it's one of the cheapest ways to do it because the good thing about horror is you don't need big names for horror. Mm. You, you barely have big names in horror films. You can get anyone off the street as long mm. as they're a semi-decent mm. actor who can scream um, then you've got a horror film. None of it, who, who's in it? Maybe the, the kid from Stranger Things besides that. There's no one really big. Yeah, yeah. No one um, you know really. Don't yeah. Breathe. Mm. Almost unknown people. A few indie films here and there and you don't have to pay them much mm. get out, get out it's a perfect one who's in get out mm. like a guy who did an episode of of um uh, well he was in black mirror wasn't black he mirror, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's it and who are the other people nobody mm. knows and that's why you didn't don't have to pay him very much and that's made like a almost like a billion dollars or something it's crazy money mm. um so that Blumhouse model um is great and Blumhouse is obviously one of the ones that i've kind of spoken to us about doing horror films and uh james one there's a lot of people out there who kind of embracing the horror genre and, mm. and kind of make, bring it to the masses um and i don't think there's never ever been a time in history where horror has been so accepted as well mm. so i'm loving it mm. I'm, I'm living in i'm living mm. my best life right now it's it's great <laughs> <laughs> no no absolutely i mean as said it, it's um it really is you know a, a boon time for for horror right now it, it, it feels that way especially over the lo- the last 18 months as said because of um, not just because of um, you know how it's it's touched the the consciousness, but what's also struck me is the the quality of the films you're getting. Yeah, um, even yeah. though they're made on a shoestring, you know, you're still eliciting you know some really good performances, some really good script work, some yeah, some really tight direction, and and you know to a certain extent, some of these smaller horror pictures are put in certain bigger budget movies to yeah. shame in terms of the the quality that they're able to put out yeah. just as you know if you if you're looking at it as a piece of art so exactly. like for, it's, for, it's amazing for instance like who's looking forward to the new avatar film nobody yeah, yeah. but <laughs> when, when you hear there's an it movie yeah that was the most watched trailer yeah. like, of all time yeah. yeah and that was made for like 10 million dollars that was mm. made for nothing mm. um 
it's 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 absolutely crazy. But also, you you see, you see horror seeping into like the zeitgeist in terms of like TV shows. Well, like um, mm. for instance, um, um, did you guys watch um, uh, Legion, the TV yes. show Legion? Yeah, I mean, Richard is a, a massive Legion fan. That's um, a horror show. Yeah. That is yeah, a yeah, yeah. pure. Standards. That's that is a horror show. Mm. Um, loads of horror tropes in there, and I watched that. I was like, this this guy knows horror. Every episode is horror and it's horrific. Some of the stuff that happens in it is pure, pure terrifying. It's like it deals with nightmares and people's base fears, fear of the dark, fear of clowns, fear of just monsters and um, sanity and losing your, your, your kind of your sanity. Um, it's pure horror. And I, and I think that's probably the best TV show of 2017 as well, Legion. Mm. And I cannot, can't wait. And because of the success of Legion, people say, wow, okay, so you can do um, a comic book tv show and not have it just flipping people flying around and just, mm. just being mm. kind of silly um um yeah and i just love it and i can't wait for series two yeah definitely and i mean going off of of, of that point that you just made as well about legion i mean we, it, again it was something we we touched upon when we were doing our um end of year review um and we were talking about comic book movies and we were saying you know the probably the one way that they can survive is to try and embrace other genres. So instead of just kind of following the same standard path that they followed, um, you know, embrace things like the Western, like Logan did, yeah, or yeah. embrace, you know, horror, which um, New Mutants, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for New I Mutants. I have, yeah. Yet, but that, that's horror. basically, yeah, yeah, it screams horror movies. It's going to do well, that. It's, so, yeah. um, you know, the, the that kind of shows you, I guess, the the power and the influence of, yeah. of horror, and and clearly, obviously, the big studios are paying attention to it because yeah, that's exactly. you know the the kind of thing they're pursuing. So, yeah, yeah very interesting. Um, Rich, sorry, did you want to jump in with a question? Because I'm yeah. just oh, sitting here no, no, chatting cool. like no, the whole I mean, uh, time. First things first. I'm, um, I'm but, yeah, upon, go ahead. I'm going to touch upon uh, what you guys were saying about you know like the thing about horror films that is is basically cheap to film. Yeah, and, you know, you can just get anybody to star in them. Um. I definitely agree with you on that. Although I will say that the mum in Get Out, I do know her from a few films because she's a goddamn milf. Oh, Catherine Keener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Daughter, she's, she's, she's I amazing. would gladly go to the sunken place. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. 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 Listen, I'll wake up middle of the night tapping key teacups myself, man. I'm telling you, man. Um, but yeah, but no, but you were talking about the, the mix up of genres, like, you know, um, well, you know, for horror or for even for like, for something like Legion. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's because, I mean, just going off the, of those ideas, it's because audiences now are smarter yeah. than they used to be. Yeah. And, um, and, and I mean, I'll always go back to like Blade. Like I, I, I always say that Blade is a, is, a, is a film which doesn't get the respect it deserves because even though it's based on a comic book, it's got, it's a horror themed comic book. Yeah. And so people, and, and I mean, back then people weren't able to make the difference between a horror, a horror film or mm. a film that had horror tropes in it yeah. um, and a comic book film. Uh, and a comic book story yeah um so yeah so like i said i think this is definitely like you know the right time for for horror to be embraced again i mean i, I haven't seen it this popular since the 80s yeah me. like do you yeah. remember do you remember back in the day when they would just make like jason films or like friday 30 <laughs> films for fun yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. as standard yeah. So, so um, have you seen Friday the 13th part 13? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, yeah. you know like, yeah. like cultural, you know, let's, we, we need to make some money. Should we get both of these characters to fight against each other? <laughs> yeah, Freddy yeah. versus Jason. You're like, mm. what the fuck? <laughs> like, I must well watch WrestleMania. Like, you know. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But, um, so yeah, so I mean, that kind of just led me into like the next question of like, um, it, you know, the, the genre's become so strong now that you've got production houses basically saying, 
listen, we're going to make another film for you next year, for next Halloween. Yeah. And people are waiting on it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you yourself, because you said that, listen, I, and I trust you, I've known you for years. You yeah. said that, you know, if you want stuff to be done, you know, you're the guys that they come to. Mm -hmm. If you could touch, not in a bad way, if you could, <laughs> if you could do any- Not in a Harvey Weinstein yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, not in a Harvey yeah. Weinstein way. <laughs> like not in a cocaine and caviar way. Like um, if you could like touch any, um, any horror film or horror character, you know, who, yeah. who would you do? Michael Myers is my favorite. I think Halloween's one of the best horror yeah. films ever alongside the thing but you know oh yeah what would you choose um well 100 percent, i would try and reboot a nightmare on elm street again and I, i've already got a really good idea how okay, to reboot okay. it and i, I want to get to a situation which i don't think is too far off what i can um i was uh, so basically with the dawn of the death um some of the people that are involved in that are involved with nightmare on elm street so i'm already in with the right people for me to kind of be like, yeah, and by the way, I've got this Nightmare on Elm Street idea. Um, so uh, that's what I want to do. And I've, I've got I've got the entire concept ready, ready to go. And I kind of want to do it, um, and this might, might be giving the game away a little bit. I kind of want to do it as kind of a backdoor reveal. Like mm. you think you're going to see one film and all of a sudden, Freddy turns up and you're mm. like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I want it to kind of be a surprise. Like, hang on, what are we watching? And all of a sudden it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but the thing is with like, when you reboot a movie, like I hate origin stories. Mm. Actually, yeah. hate them. Like you know, you know, like they're probably going to reboot Fantastic Four again. But now mm. like, Disney and Fox mm. are all linked up. Yeah. Don't do the origin thing. Yeah. Just mm. have them already fully formed. No mm. one cares yeah. how they have the powers. All they care yeah. about is this guy's strong. This guy can bend. This mm. guy, this woman's invisible. This mm. guy's on fire. <laughs> like yeah. no one cares about. And I'm on LSD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who cares how they got their powers? They've mm. got powers, and um, so that's been the big mistake. And that's why, in my opinion, all of the um, previous Fantastic Four films has failed is because just the build-up is so boring. It's yeah. like who cares? Yeah. Just have them, have them turn up to something, and they've already got their powers. And boom, we we we'll accept the fact that they, there was an origin story. Maybe we'll learn it in like film three or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street is because uh, Freddy is the greatest uh, horror icon of all time. There isn't anyone bigger. Mm. Um, and some of the films kind of got a bit like shady towards the end. Just kind of got like he was just retreading the same thing. I think it peaked in um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. I don't know if you remember that Dream Warriors, yeah, 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 yeah. where like um, kids in their dreams had powers and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean that was probably the be the best Nightmare on Elm Street. And they could kind have of went downhill from there. New Nightmare wasn't too bad. I enjoyed New, New Nightmare. New Nightmare was amazing. It, it was yeah, a, it you're was right. A, it was a fresh breath of air. Yeah. On a genre. Well, like you said, like Wes Craven created that character. Yeah. And then essentially like lost complete control over it. Mm -hmm. And when he took over it with that film, it just yeah. reminded you of the reason why he was good at what he did. I mean, Wes Craven, um, not short names, but so when Wes Craven died, mm. he was following 60 people on Twitter, right? Yeah. I was one of them. Oh, I was one of them. Oh, I have nice. no idea why. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he found me, <laughs> but I feel like me and him got a connection. And then one time I DM'd him just to see if he answered, and he answered. And I was. Um, and he uh, sent me um, some posters. For, I can't even remember what it was because I gave it to someone else. But I think he had some new film out. I think it was terrible. But mm. um, yeah, he sent me like, a bunch of like signed things because I was one of the few people that he follows and he kind of liked my tweets. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I'm a massive Wes Craven fan. I think mm. he's, to create something like, like Nightmare on Elm Street is just incredible. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, that's that. I mean... I mean, there are some other like horror properties that I really kind of want to touch um, and reboot. There's a film called Night of the Comet from the 80s, from like 1984, I think. Is that uh, on Netflix? 
It's on Netflix. It yeah, is. yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't watched it, but I've seen yeah. it pop up on my Netflix. Yeah. So basically, it's about like a comet passes over Earth, and um, and this is like to be quite honest, this is where I got some of the idea for for Dawn of the Death. Um, a comet passes over Earth and kills everybody um, except for these two like um, Valley girls in California who were who somehow fell asleep in some metal container, um, a bit like where we are right now in at Post Pop. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, we're safe, guys, from any comets. So they they wake up and you think, okay, it's gonna and there's, there's zombies around and it's them versus zombies. No, they go they go to the mall and go shopping and steal and steal cars and stuff, which is what you would do. Yeah, and yeah. it's like this is my movie they get into a, <laughs> and there's like it's like dance there's a scene where they're just dancing the girls just want to have fun with the zombies all around and they're just like grabbing dresses and stuff and trying it on it's like yeah this is my movie um and also like one of them's really good at like, arcade games as well so like it was like written for me and i want to i want i've got the rights to uh, do the soundtrack actually because i have a record label as well called postport records um and i've got the rights to do the soundtrack which i'm going to release quite soon oh, nice. um, but i want to reboot the movie as well and mm. like the director i always work with rob savage he's well into it as well so um at some point we'll attempt to kind of reboot that i think um but yeah yeah okay. so i think uh, who would you want to see rebooted if you had the option of like picking a horror franchise that was going to be rebooted who who what would you want to see oh that's a good question you know it's funny um one of the things i've always movies that i've always felt kind of could have maybe done with more mainstream recognition than it got was um funnily enough you're talking about wes craven a movie that he directed um some years ago called the i think it was the serpent and the snake wow that's a um, which was do you know it's funny it it kind of resonated with me because um I've talked about in the in the past how you know when I was growing up as a kid, my mum used to tell me a lot of stories about um, sort of Caribbean myths and legends, and um, how you know that kind of tied into a lot of the culture that she was brought up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things that 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 they kind of talk about is, yeah, you know, I mean, it goes under many different names, but most people would know it is is voodoo, yeah, and and sort of that you know that that kind of culture and how it it plays into. Um, the way kind of Caribbean people view the world, and yeah. and that movie really kind of brought that to the forefront in in a way that I hadn't you know I hadn't wow. seen before. Um, I need to watch that again. And the <laughs> fact that it's got Bill Pullman in it yeah. as well it was just like what <laughs> you know it's like crazy that, that that he would be in a movie yeah. like this you know. Um, so it's really interesting because like one of the the TV show kind of thing that we're, we're working on at the moment is about all the different myths in in, in different kind of places in the world. Hmm. Um, we actually don't have like a, a like a like a, a voodoo kind of like myth thing at the moment, but because my my mom's from Philippines and she's told me some madcap stories, like <laughs> honestly, some of the stories, like okay, I want to mm. tell you a quick story about what, what she says. So, and and things my like you guys like are aware of my sister, you know my sister, like she is uh, like a very level-headed person. So her and my mum went to Philippines one time, went to a mall, and if you guys don't know Philippines, the Manila, Manila especially, it's very Americanized. Mm. So they went to like a big mall. And they went to uh, uh, try on some dresses or something. Um, and uh, so they're waiting in line to, to go to use the changing room, right? And they watch this girl go into the changing room, close the door. And they're there waiting. And this girl's taking ages. And this is from the mouth of my mum, by the way. And uh, 20 minutes pass. And they're like, oh, okay, this girl hasn't come out yet. This is this is unusual. So they, they speak to, to uh, the uh, a girl who works in. It's like, this girl went in there 20 minutes ago. Is she all right? Maybe she's collapsed or something. Mm. Um so uh, they look over the, the, the changing room and the girl's gone, right? Um, she, the girl's gone. 
So uh, my mum and my sister say to this woman in the shop, it's like, what's happened to the girl? And they went, oh, it's probably the man that comes through the mirror and steals girls. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and so my mum was telling me this. She's like, yeah, um, so this man came through the mirror and, st- and stole her. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what? Like, like it's just an everyday yeah. thing as well. Just like, oh yeah, it's the guy who comes from the mirror yeah. and takes people, you know. And then, <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and like, I made the mistake of delving further. Yeah. Um, and like the man is apparently half snake. So there's this whole like uh, Filipino like, mythology that there's this like half snake guy that steals girls. I don't need to eat or to have sex with. I have no idea. Mm. So of course, um, I, I, I say to um, my mum, like, "What are you talking about? Like, first of all, how is this man half snake?" And, <laughs> and, and, this ma- and, and my mum, like, like didn't drop a beat. Was like, oh, "Maybe his mum's a snake." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Mum," and like my sister, who's like, nor- "My sister's normal." I was like, "Are you going to back this up?" And yeah. she was like, "Like, yeah, it did happen." How she said, like, "The girl went missing." Like, the girl went. I was like. There must be some explanation why the girl went missing. Like she sneaked out somehow. You turned your back. Somehow that's it was still crazy. locked. But yeah, but that's kind of like, again. That's another influence for me. Like mm, my mum's mm. crazy stories. But one time she saw a werewolf in a tree playing a flute. But that's, a, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another time. That is another time. <laughs> hey, listen. You know yeah, sto- stories like that. You guys have seen Big, Tr- Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the bit where they go down into the sewers. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that thing comes out the wall. And like I think the little old guy coming is egg food. So it was like a little homemade bomb and it goes, yeah, yeah. you will come out no more. And Kurt Russell goes, what will come out no more? Yeah, like, just like, just like, don't just say it flippantly. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I want answers. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, like in some Asian cultures, like they believe in that, like, like it's like life or death. Mm, like I was reading mm. somewhere, like in China, if you break up with someone, um, you can go to someone who who exercise your ex because they think your ex is like possessed, and that's mm. why they they broke up with you. So you, you can pay someone to exercise your ex without their knowledge to make them come back with you. Wow, it's mental. Yeah, listen, it's uh, crazy, listen, I'm, I'm African. Crazy. In my house, I can tell you two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. not even long. Number one, I wasn't allowed to whistle after in the dark. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> apparently it would bring ghosts into the house. I was like, huh? <laughs> what? And, and the other thing is that. I, you know, like when you're just sitting down, you might put both hands on your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't allowed to put my hands on my head because my mom said that that, that means that somebody would die. I was like, whoa. Like, I'm like, can, can I scratch my ass? <laughs> can I breathe? It's a lot of power for a little, little yeah, kid. Yeah, hang just... on, hang on. You can't, if you whistle, it brings ghosts into the house. It brings ghosts into the house. That's interesting. Yeah, and you can't put hands on your head because that means somebody's going to die. And I was like, like even now I'm trying to think of like what <laughs> <laughs> maybe there was a situation where like someone put their hands on the head by accident and then someone died and they're like oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, like, that was, that was ye- like years ago years <laughs> yeah, ago yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, bubble you it was him he yeah, put his hands yeah. on his head I was just scratching my nose man <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. it's, it's funny they, they, there's so much like when you think about it so much fertile ground from mm. That, that part of the world from Africa, from Asia, from, yeah. you know, um, from the Caribbean. I don't know what it is about those groups of people that makes them so superstitious and so kind of tied know. into to, like to these like kind of religion or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, like I some know. people have kind of speculated that it comes from, you know, uh, different people's um religious beliefs from from various different parts of the world yeah um and it's kind of you know become tied up in in that but i remember i mean i mean we we still i mean we have a, a mutual friend well richard's brother who who says that we you know we can't enter the house 
um, after midnight via <laughs> you know the front door. We have yeah. to you have to turn around and enter the house backwards, and that's something that wow. yeah, we still do because apparently you know if you you enter just any old how after midnight yeah, well, yeah something for real you yeah. that's really interesting so, um, no no you want, you want to know what's really interesting, interesting. imagine being shit faced at four o'clock <laughs> yes exactly and having to remember that yeah let alone that you can't walk forward normally <laughs> <laughs> and, and one more digression before we, we move on um there was i remember um uh quite a what a long time ago there, there was a period where i was staying with uh, an older auntie yeah and um she was probably the most rational person you could ever meet except that she was terrified of um what she used to call the, like the ligaru which is like a kind of um like a vampire dog almost <laughs> jesus um, <laughs> from the Caribbean. and um Amazing. the only way you could stop the ligaru from coming into your house what's it called the ligaru ligaru yeah ligaru. and um the only way you could stop them coming in was um if you were entering your home after dark you had to throw either some sand or some salt on the front yeah, of your door salt protection yeah. and then what it would do is when it would get to your door it had to stop and count every single grain of sand. And wow. the time it took for it that's to count a, the grain of sand, the yeah. sun would rise and would kill it. That comes from Asia. That's, that's from China. Yeah, How yeah. you stop vampires, you yeah. throw rice on the floor yes, and they have to exactly. count it. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, yeah. in, in Asia. That's like you're Asian vampires. Yeah, you have a pocket in Asia, rice, it's vampires. Throw it yeah. and you go, see yeah. you later. And they're like, <laughs> See, listen, I'd be a son of a bitch. I'd throw a bag out yeah, yeah. while it's counting. I'll go get some steaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd get a you know, fucking video camera. <laughs> yeah. I'll world star that shit. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been researching Chinese vampires like for yeah. this TV show. So like Chinese vampires, they've got so many things that can like mess them up. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like Western vampires, you can't mess them up. Well, you can't invite them in. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. with Chinese vampires, so yeah, you throw rice on the ground and they're stuck for until they count every piece. You can just throw rice and just mess around with them mm. until morning, until the sun comes out. But then also, if you hold your breath, they can't see you. Chinese vampires, seriously. Oh, Hold okay. on. Yeah, no, no, no. That. Because that have you seen uh, a Chinese vampire story with Samuel Hung? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I swear he does that as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, no, that's and right. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those, um, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Mr. Vampire films. Yeah, Mr. Yes. Vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah They're amazing, those, those films. If you watch Mr. Vampire 5, it's more like a martial arts movie, but it's amazing some of the stuff that happens in it. Those Mr. Vampire movies are brilliant, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm trying to take all of these are kind of like um, uh, weird myths from from across the world and, and, and kind of mm. put them into a TV show where every episode kind of is about something that people don't really know about that particular mm. monster or mm. culture and somehow tie them all together. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And then like the second series, we're going to like go further afield maybe because I want to do some stuff in like Africa I want to do mm. some stuff in mm. uh, just so I can go abroad and just get yeah. a company to pay for me yeah why not why not make a holiday out of yeah, it yeah, <laughs> yeah. gotta go much. for research innit yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds very much like um, almost like what what's his name's done with American Gods like you know Neil Gaiman yeah, oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where he yeah. hasn't put mm. any form of like you know belief above any above any of the others and just said like well, listen there is a, is a it's a level playing field. Yeah. So that's interesting. What did you think of American Gods, by the way? I, I loved it. Yeah. I, I love, love it, it as well. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I really it, did. I thought the last episode was a little bit kind of shaky. It was a little yeah, bit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it felt it rushed. It was a little bit anticlimactic. It felt rushed yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit anticlimactic. Um, it was I amazing. I was expecting a bit more. But yeah, yeah as a whole, um, I mean, I'm a sucker for... for 
artsy fartsy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am I'm an absolute sucker for it. And, yeah. and American Gods managed to marry kind of the artsy fartsy with the the myth and mythology and yeah. and the the two working in tandem was was just enough yeah. for me. But um, it's funny we were talking about it on the review of the year podcast. Yeah, and yeah. I was saying that um, you know, the guy who was the showrunner on that was also the showrunner on Hannibal. Um, I don't oh, know if you ever did, saw yeah. it. I watched um, Hannibal, yeah, yeah. And um, Hannibal, yeah, again, I loved it. It broke yeah. my heart when, yeah, when I found yeah. out it was cancelled. It yeah, really did because I the, I never believed anybody could truly kind of reinvent that mythology yeah. in a way that, that would work with, with audiences. Um, but the way they, they went about doing it and, and reconstructing that character and and really kind of he leaned on on the gothic horror side of it as well and the psychological horror side of it and you know and some of the visuals in in that show were just stunning and um for me it was just like (laughs) this is this is exactly how you know i would want hannibal to see i don't really want hannibal to be a a slasher movie not that there's anything wrong with slasher movies but i don't want him to just kind of be a sort of slasher type thing I, i want there to be more than that yeah. you know um and, and they a, really went for it with it so yeah. yeah i thought it was a little bit like um i can't remember what was first but was true detective before hannibal or after because there was a lot of similarities i think hannibal was first and then and then the first season of true detective came i think a, a few months after yeah i'm pretty sure it was the same year though wasn't it it could have been the same year yeah, but yeah, i'm sure hannibal yeah. came out first yeah i'm I mean, pretty sure it was the was, same year that was another thing that i think um mm. with true detective i think it was some horror horror elements in that that people didn't expect as well in the first season Anyway, mm. I mean, mm. the second season was a little bit. Well, the second season shit. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, like, coincidentally, with the second season, like I think I was one of the few people. I think after like episode one, everyone like just panned it, like mm. saying that um, Vince Vaughn was like just the worst. And I was like, actually, do you know what? Like, I know everyone hates it, but it's it's quite interesting. It's all right. And then HBO DM'd me on Twitter and was like, do you actually like the show? And I was like, yeah, it was <laughs> uh, it was all right. Yeah. It was all right. And they were like, okay, cool. I'm um, gonna send you a signed a signed poster. Oh, and nice. it's like, oh, cool. Like, okay. So I waited for it to come. It was Vince Vaughn. It was a sign post <laughs> <laughs> of all the people in it. It's, it's right, it's behind you, actually. It's in there. A signed, <laughs> no way. A signed Vince Vaughn poster. You, you guys can have it. I don't want it. You can literally you know, have it. You know what? I need to learn how to use Twitter as well. I need to learn how to use Twitter. Anything, especially with HBO, if you like something, especially if people are panning it, you, and like they'll DM you, and, mm. or you can DM them saying like, "Where hook me up, and they'll sort you out." Mm. Mm. Um, okay, now back to the original question. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get, yes, if you could, t- if you could touch any character, yeah, because you guys are just forgetting me. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we keep locking you off. So sorry, what, mate. I feel, I feel, <laughs> what character would you reboot if you could? Well, you know what? It wouldn't even be a character. It would be film. a film. I think one film, which is like uh, critically acclaimed, but not a lot of people have seen it, and then another film which has been remade, which was a pile of shit. And then another film, which is, has got a bit of a cult following. Okay. So the first one would be um, Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter. Wow. That's a real good shout, actually. Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great film, by the um, way. I would love to see how... Scary. It's a scary Listen, film. Scary. I, I, yeah. I had nightmares, and I saw that when I was a teenager. Like, you know, like big teenager yeah. person and i was like yeah let me leave like the lights 1920 yeah there wasn't even teen at the end of the number <laughs> and um i'd like to see how that how that type of film could be approached now especially in a type of especially in a type of like era that we live in yeah and he touches upon things and i think john Carpenter is a, is a really understood director because he touches upon things years in advance and some of those films have been panned I mean, yeah. like, for example, Big Trouble Little China, I mean, yeah. did really, really bad in the box office. Yeah. Um, 
but it's essential. I mean, like he got influences from like Hong Kong films, which yeah. went on to influence films like The Matrix and, and yeah, so yeah, forth. Yeah. You know, if that was released now, people it, it would make five hundred yeah, million. Yeah, 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 easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but he uses the whole thing of like um, remember uh, if I remember correctly the actual message that's been sent that the devil's come to take over the earth. He uses radio frequencies to... Yeah. to Listen, we don't even use that anymore. We use digital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in a time and age where we, you know, where everybody just plugged into social media, I'd like to see how a film like that would be approached. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to see if it would, you know, and how religion would be approached in that film because the film is has a very very like catholic or christian yeah. you know a christian undertones there's no, it's no there's no space for other religion in it yeah whereas like the time we're in now you know you've got you've got muslims you've got you've got um jewish people mm -hmm. you've got buddhists you've got everything so i'd like to see that remade um like I said, i'm not the type of person to really capitalize on one character um although i will say <laughs> that's not entirely true because i'd like to see somebody like um michael myers okay yeah touched. Mm -hmm. um the reason being is because I think that's one of the greatest horror films ever made because Halloween, yeah, the first Halloween, yeah, yeah the first 100%. Halloween. Even yeah. the, even the second one's not too bad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, when it when they start to bring in supernatural elements, I'm just like, nah, yeah. like you've you've just destroyed yeah. an unknown person who was just a force of nature. Yeah. And that's what I liked about the first Halloween. Yeah. He is just this guy. Do you know they're bringing it back? See, but that's 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 the reason why I brought it up because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're bringing that back and they're bringing it back Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. They released that. Well, the new Friday the 13th was meant to come out, I think, this last year. Okay. And it got put behind. Yeah. Because I know that Danny McBride is writing it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's writing the new oh, Halloween. No, no, no sorry, yeah. the, new, the new Halloween. Halloween yeah, yeah, the new yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And that's what I was saying, was like, you know, people, like, come, you know, production houses can now say, yeah, this film's coming out in a year. Yeah. And people wait for it. So yeah. there's obviously, like, a, a fan base behind this genre. Yeah. But, but Halloween, like I said, I think, scrap all that supernatural elements that they try to bring into yeah. the character mm -hmm. and just get down to the person that is Michael Myers. Because yeah. as bad as it sounds, one of the main things about horror is that people like to see fucked up shit. Yeah. You see a car crash on the road, mm -hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna want to see what happens. I mean, yeah. there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's just that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. And so, somebody like Michael Myers, there's people like that. Yeah, yeah, mm. there's people yeah, like yeah. that. You know, um, so I mean, so that's one film I'd like to see touched, and um, and the other one I'd like to see touched upon is kind of links into what we were saying about Legion and the New Mutants, because um, they were. I remember reading those comics, those comics as a kid, and. And just understanding body horror. And for a little while, when we were in SFX, I used to be a yep. big David Cronenberg fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I would choose the thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the the 80s thing with John Carpenter, yeah. that was a remake in itself of the, of the 50s mm -hmm. thing. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's due like a like a, a remake of that actual yeah, film. A good remake. Not a shitty prequel. Yeah, I was <laughs> like going to say. Not a good prequel, remake. Because yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. the problem is that that remake that mm. they, um, well, it wasn't even really a remake. It was supposed to be a prequel. A prequel, it, yeah. That that one that they released a couple of years ago was yeah. Yeah, not yeah. great. Well, I feel like, <laughs> I don't great. know if you guys, have you seen the film The Void? Um, the Void. No, yeah, I've heard of old, it. Right? Um, it's, uh, it came out maybe a couple of years ago in the cinema and then, mm. Um, kind of was on on Blu-ray maybe last year. Um, I feel like that's a spiritual successor to like things like like it's like practical effects. Yeah, the guys who made it, um, they they love like John Carpenter. So it's loads of like big monsters, creepy monsters, practical yeah. effects. Um, I feel like that that was almost a remake of the thing. Yeah, um, and it didn't get an, uh, as much love as it sh really should have. Mm. Um, but yeah, if 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 you have a chance, uh, watch the voice. I think you'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, like I said, I mean, like those three choices that I chose is just yeah. because I think is where the information that we're now privy to has just expanded exponentially. 
Yeah. Wow, you know, I just feel some big words in that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, in that <laughs> it's a vodka, Jed. It's a vodka. D- dictionary but, um, not come home and all. But you know, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, but it's it's things that um, it's things that we'd all be able to you know associate with. Like you've got, you I mean you can go to you. There's what's who's that person on on YouTube? The 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 pimple popper. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the right. shit that okay, comes yeah, out yeah, some yeah, of those pimples. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, and then you've got things like tapeworms and stuff like that. So yeah. I think a film like the thing. It wouldn't even. It wouldn't even have to be necessarily horror. It would just. It just n- body horror is just nature. Yeah, like, yeah just yeah. nature. That shit that you don't see in a normal day to day basis. Yeah, and there's nothing scarier than true life. Yeah, the same true. reason why I think Halloween works is because mm. Michael Myers could essentially he could be the guy <laughs> borrowing sugar from you next yep. door. Yeah, and he's just feeling a bit bored and he wants to put on a you know a mask. You yeah, know? and then well, um, pra- practical horror using like practical effects. Um, like basically, so so you have it in camera sort of like using CGI. Mm. It's like a lost art. It's, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna die out. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. So there's only it's not very many people that do it. Like the guys who made the Void do it. Um, I just worked with someone. I, I did um, a little film for Fox um, for for Halloween, which long story. Um, uh, but it was it's kind of like a a May Devil type film with um, salt circles and things. Um, and we used the guy on that to do the practical special effects who his, his kind of job is to make monsters basically. And he, and he made us like a freaky practical real monster. Um, and we got this like really like skinny guy who kind of, he's kind of freaky looking like to be, mm. to be fair, he was a nice guy, but he's really freaky looking. And we may put all this monster stuff on him. And like, to be, I was there on set and I was like, this guy's come from hell <laughs> to, to get me. This guy's going to get me. Like these other people can't see him. He's going to get me. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I think I think, really think it's a lost art, um, mm. and I think it's um, I think that's what we need. We need like practical effects again. And then like we're going to come to it eventually. But when we talk about the Last Jedi, I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. When they use the practical effects of of um, Yoda, Yoda, mm. a lot of people hate that. A lot of people that are like stupid. Looks like the Muppet Show. No, but I love that. Yeah. He's really there, and yeah. Luke is Mark Hamill is is interacting with a real not live thing but a real thing that's actually there he isn't just like doing it to look at a tennis ball or something and i like that shit i love mm. that shit and i mm. miss that thing from films mm. like you watch something like I, I hate like shitting on things like avatar but i will because like who wants another avatar like it's just just all cgi it might as well just be like an animation it is mm. no point mm. um mm. i didn't really engage with the original story i thought it was a great film mm. but like like it's it's boring now like mm. i would never watch it again i not have no interest in watching the sequels i want to see practical things in real life uh, that people have kind of like done with their own hands i kind of mm. i kind of like that mm. kind of stuff mm. um, I, I think the, i think probably the only film i've seen recently where the monster was that effed up yeah. and it was cgi um and i was genuinely impressed because like i said like the thing like holds number one for like just scary making me shit my pants <laughs> but i um, mean it was from um you know the neil neil blomkamp the director he's got yeah. that um, youtube channel called was it called oats studio yeah i haven't seen any of those stuff yet yeah listen i'm gonna send you a link yeah, after do, and yeah. in fact we'll put the link in them um, in uh, yeah. on the youtube channel yeah, yeah. remind me and we'll for, put it up in the i think it's for the, i think the mini film is called zygotes i've heard about it and people have told me to watch it but i haven't watched yeah, it yet. like it is yeah. it, like I said, it's completely cgi'd but it is worth your time it's, so i mean if done well, yeah, and if and I think what I think what you're trying to touch upon, which maybe you listeners might not have, have gathered, is that CGI has made people lazy. So they just yeah. they can they yeah. can they right. can just get like a monster and put it on yeah. screen, and it's like no, it's not about that. You need to believe yeah. what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in fact, for the next time when we interview you, hopefully you would watch Zygot by then, yeah, and you can tell me what you think because yeah. I watched it and I was just like, it's making me itch 
and shit myself <laughs> and lose my breath at the same time. But I need to finish this film. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. The thing is, with with like uh, pr- uh, with like CGI effects for monsters, especially for for horror, they all look the same. Like I know, like Weta, um, like. P- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson yeah. Studio. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of the monsters in film, all the big films, mm. and they've made every monster look exactly the same. Like mm. the monster from Cloverfield looks like the monster looks like half the monsters from um, Godzilla's Godzilla mm. yeah. and uh, Pacific Rim and Colossal, mm. and they just all look exactly. Th- it's just like the same monster. It's mm. just like, it's because it's one from from one company. Mm. And I just like. Mm. I mean, I know like the old Godzilla films where there's a man in the suit. It's kind of cheesy, but I kind of like the fact that they're really there. They're mm. kind of yeah, interactive. Yeah. What's around there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and just as an aside, I know this is going all over the place, but have you seen Shin Godzilla? I haven't no, yet. I haven't. No, I haven't yet. But it is oh, on my list. It's so to, good. To is it good? Yeah. yeah? Okay, and like, okay. like, and this is like a, a an admission now. I I don't like ninety five percent of the Godzilla films. I think they're boring. Yeah. I'm not into Godzilla, but Shin Godzilla. That that monster is amazing. Like just mm. when you think he can't get any more like messed up, suddenly he can shoot lasers out of his mouth and out of his tail, and he can like knock down planes with his, with his laser vision. It's, it's messed up. It's so good. <laughs> and, he, and he evolves throughout the film as well to get mm. more powers. Okay, okay. Oh, it's so yeah, good. I've heard. I mean, uh, it's. I've had nothing but good things from from people who've actually seen that. Yeah, and um, I, I remember when uh, manga were advertising the UK release, and, and yeah, they were, they were really kind of hyping it. And I was was like, that at MCM? Did they, did they advertise it there? I wouldn't be Comic-Cons? surprised. Yeah. It, they might. I'm have sure done. I saw posters. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they yeah, might yeah. have done. Yeah. I mean, I saw it on more on social media, but yeah, yeah it's entirely possible that that they did. But yeah, yeah definitely, Shin Godzilla is um, one to check out, listeners, if you haven't seen it and let us know what you think of it as well if you've seen it already because um, yeah definitely be be down to hear that man well i've I've got one uh because i know we're kind of running over time but this is a really good horror movie um and it's actually quite some years old now um it's from korea um and for some reason the name escapes me but jason we've both seen it the host listen oh, that host. film yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah that monster film. i don't know yeah. for me i love yeah. that monster and mm. i yeah. believe that the people that made that film believed in that monster because yeah. You see that monster about half an hour into the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they don't give a fuck. They're like, yeah, we believe that this thing is here, and it's a <laughs> mixture of um, practical and CGI yeah, as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. And that monster was quite original, yeah. and how it moved, and 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 like it, you know, it almost felt like when they wrote the story, they were like, okay, we need to give a true background to how yeah. this monster mm. feeds, how it lives, how yeah. it hunts, and everything. Yeah, and um. And yeah, so it, like you know, so all listeners out there, if you can peep that film as well, go see the host. It's, it's a great. Korean film by the makers of o- o- Okja. Yeah, Okja. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is which wasn't a bad film yeah, either, or good, bad yeah. Netflix movie. So yeah, yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, pretty uh, good. What do you guys think of? Have you seen Colossal, the um, Anne Hathaway monster movie? No, it's on my list. I haven't. It's it on my is list. on the list to see, but I've heard um, it's a good movie. Yeah, people have, have said it's a good movie, but the. The monster elements of it, like some people have complained about, you know, the the monster <laughs> designs and the way yeah. that it's kind of handled. Um, I mean, I, I, I gather that they they're trying to do something different with the genre in a sense yeah. that they're using the and this is all stuff that I've kind of picked up online, but they're, they're using the monsters as kind of a, a personification of you know p- these people's problems and, yeah, and yeah, the way yeah, that, yeah. that they're, they're yeah. dealing with it and stuff, which I guess is interesting in, yeah. in a sense that it's something different. I just like seeing Anne Hathaway just 
mm. basically being a monster. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're used to her mm. in like Les Mis and just yeah, like yeah. Mm. Princess Diaries, mm. and all of a sudden she's like a monster, <laughs> smashing down buildings and stuff. <laughs> and like in, in Korea, yeah, um, yeah. But have you guys seen um, the film Big Man Japan? It's, it's like Japanese movie. No, no. I've never heard uh, of that. It's one. about this like this guy. He's a bit of a loser. He's like a loner in in Tokyo, and um, every now and again, like when there's some like big like chaos happening in Japan. Um, he electrifies himself and, and when he electrifies him, he becomes a big massive like monster that kind of like fights the other monsters yeah. okay. but because like he smashes all buildings up and like yeah. he, he messes up the town people hate him because people know he's <laughs> the monster and then, like, right. like yeah. he goes in, he goes into like a bar and then like no one will serve him because, yeah. like, because like, they know he's a monster that smashed up the town uh, okay. um, and I think that's a, that kind of is tied into a little bit into Colossal I think it's quite similar themes mm. so if you if you have if you want to watch Colossal then watch Big Man Japan if you, if you have mm. a chance as well yeah, definitely, def- definitely. Well, listeners, check those out as well. Some um, sterling recommendations there from Jed. So yeah, yeah, have a listen, man. <laughs> but um, Jed, before we wrap up, yeah, um, I just wanted to get uh, well, ask you one question, really. Okay. Um, what made you fall in love with Netflix? Um, so like you, as, as you guys know, like before, in order to for us like watch things, we, well, we used to be in, in a situation where we go, we'd be in a situation where we'd be the group of our friends and we'd be like, uh, uh, guys, have you seen this film? And you'd be like, oh, well, like, no, I haven't seen that film because it would be, you'd have to like go to a video shop, you'd have to go to Blockbusters and maybe they wouldn't have it or you'd have to wait like three years till it came on TV. But, but then when Netflix came along and originally as like a, just a, a service where you can get DVDs through the post, it just became easy to watch it. Everything was at your fingertips. And I just thought, um, and obviously you're asking this question because I have a, um, a podcast called What to Watch on Netflix, hmm. um, which isn't just about Netflix, it's just about every streaming service. Um, so I thought, why should people kind of have to um, have an issue with picking stuff? Because it, there's too much to watch basically and no yeah. one knows kind yeah. of what to watch you, you might watch something and waste two hours of your life might not be good why not have something out there where people can kind of curate it for you so yeah. my podcast is people who i think have a bit of knowledge about film about what's kind of like in the zeitgeist and what's kind of cool at the moment and recommend it to, to people out to, to my audience of what to watch mm. it doesn't have to be on netflix it can be on any costume service amazon hulu shudder whatever um and yeah i just think it's it's an amazing world we live in where now we don't have to say oh do you remember that film with that guy in it you can watch it like that minute Mm -hmm. um and there's part of me that kind of like like hates the fact that we lose we lose that kind of uh you know the kind of like the search we Mm. we don't have the search anymore where you you go into some random like video shop in streatham because you heard that they've got like some like film that you want to watch um and you have to ask for the list and then they take out a list from under the counter and it's got that film on mm. um now you can do everything's available and like yeah you lose the kind of like the journey it's like when you when you're going after a girl and like the fun bit is like trying to get her and when it, once you're with her it's it's not as fun anymore like <laughs> um my girl, yeah, girlfriend you realize she this, farts just like everybody yeah, else yeah, yeah. my girlfriend's into okay. this then um, that's not the case for you. This is because <laughs> you're special. But um, the <laughs> <laughs> but like um, with ne- with Netflix, it's, it's there at your fingertips. You can watch it. like like yesterday. I was like, ah, oh, what should we watch? Uh, I want to watch that film, um, um, uh, My Life as a Courgette. No, it's called yeah, it's called My Life as a Courgette. Yes, okay, the, the cartoon, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, the cartoon. Oh, the kid in the orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on my list as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I watched yeah. that yesterday, and I was like, oh, is that even out yet? And I just I just Googled it. Yeah, it's on Amazon. I've got Amazon Prime. So I watched that instantly. Um, and we live in a world where you don't actually need to go to the cinema anymore because mm. it comes mm. out pretty quick on streaming mm. services. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Netflix, 
is the future. Mm. Um, and I have got a little bit of a kind of connection to it because um, it's likely that they're going to like have some of my stuff on there relatively soon. So um, it's 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 quite it's quite the revelation, really. It's it's mm. it's it's, mm. it's been it's kind of the part of our life which we take for granted now. Yes. We take for granted yeah. that we we have mm. instant access to every film, mm. every kind of pop culture thing that we've yeah. ever wanted whereas mm. before we'd have like trade videos like what Richard you were saying before you still got my, vi- you still got my video <laughs> Richard still, I lent Richard a video <laughs> what, what was it again? Listen you let me this video in 1999 <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the, the listeners the reason why I know it's 1999 because yeah. it was a pirate copy of The Phantom Menace I remember buying that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of it it had um, Evil Dead 3 The Army of Darkness <laughs> and I used to I like basically I mean to be fair, I didn't watch The Phantom Menace until I saw it in the cinema. And I saw the cinema about five or six times because oh I used to know someone used to work in there. But then I watched it on the tape. But yeah, but like you said, like it's not easy accessible. Like you Don't try to change subjects. I want that video back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it, exactly. It's either gone or there's porn in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. And, um, I still want it back. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, but, but, but like you said, I remember, I think even after I left you guys in college and I went to my next college, yeah, and then the Evil Dead one, which I hadn't seen because it was banned and it wasn't available. Um, and it wasn't available, yeah. and um, asking my teacher to borrow it, my, my film studies teacher to borrow it, and he wouldn't lend it to me because he was like, <laughs> "No, I don't get tapes back." Now you ask someone to borrow something and they'd be like, "No," and you'd be like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> Push over a table, and then you just go home and, like you said, go into Netflix or Amazon yeah. or Showbox. Not that I say I'm condoning like online streaming. But um, whatever if you, works can't, if you can't find it and you can't afford it, I say go. It. <laughs> I, anyone out there who wants to watch my films, just stream for free. I don't care. I literally don't care. Like the other day, I went onto a Google Dawn of the Death, and it's not like on every streaming service for free. Like, like what, what, what is this? What is this? And I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. Well, that's yeah. how you know you've made it, man. Yeah, when yeah. The streaming yeah. services um, start picking you up, and yeah, you know um, you've made it. So yeah, yeah. So so with that tape, and it's just that thing of yes, yeah, yes, yeah, just that thing where everything is just so accessible. I mean, the thing, even though it's taken for granted, we don't take it for granted because we we remember. Yeah. And I know that makes us sound old and the skeleton just fell down. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a bit ominous, isn't it? Because it's recorded in post-pop HQ. um, Mm. I have like skeletons and and Ouija boards. I've surrounded these guys with Ouija boards and skeletons. Yeah, (laughs) we're sweating right now. (laughs) See, the thing is, I'll tell you what makes me laugh. Like Jed's Jed's saying he's surrounded us with Ouija and he's laughing. And me, you've got me and Jason here, you know, from African and Caribbean descent. <laughs> and we're just like, fuck you. <laughs> we don't play these games. This is a get out yeah, situation. Yeah. Yep, yep. We don't last long in, serial, in scenarios like this. <laughs> you know, there's never Jermaine at the end of the film. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but um, but, but uh, before we wrap yeah. as well, um, you know, before the last couple of questions, Jed, I want everyone to know, because I know this story. And I'm not even sure if Jason knows this What's story. What's going on there? But I want everyone to know this story about your name Jed Shepherd and who else has your name Jed Shepherd on TV? Oh, okay. Yeah, so when I was in, well, I was in secondary school and it kind of continued when we were in SFX. Um, this isn't a cool story, but this is a story. Um, the, um, so yeah, so when I was in school, like my, my dad's best friend when I was growing up uh, was Jimmy Nail, the actor. <laughs> and he had a show out. He had a couple of shows out on the BBC, the successful shows like Spender, and then he made a show called um, Crocodile Shoes, yeah. which had a number one album. Hmm. Um, he got to number one with a bunch of songs. And he then the show I, was about... I know you know the song. I know you know the title. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I remember shoes. 
<laughs> so, so the show was about like a guy who was like a welder, who, which is kind of like Jim O'Neill's story. He he turned to music and was like a success basically, but like instead of using his own name, he like looked around and was like, oh, I want to use my best friend's son's name. So the guy was called called Jed Shepard. Um, so he named so all through like like secondary school. Like teachers were like, "Yeah, hook me up with a Jimmy Nail album," and I was like, and "Like, <laughs> even saying it now is like weird." <laughs> um, so yeah, so I kind of like grew up with like Jimmy Nail and like Ray Winston and mm. and those guys. Like, I'd go to like, like in fact, like when I went to watch uh, Batman Returns, it was with like, Jamie Winston, like Ray Winston's daughter, yeah, 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 yeah. and like now she's like some like socialite or whatever. But mm. I remember when she was a little yeah, kid, yeah. watch mm. me and her watching like Batman Returns. Um, oh, but cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I guess I got a little bit of a taste of like the kind of like. Uh, the celebrity life. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very small. <laughs> Bain, the drugs, the glory. <laughs> With like some like people that are not very cool. Right now, still. I guess Ray Winston still has a lot of work. Yeah, well, you know, Jimmy Nell still has yeah. his fan base, man. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put him in something. I'll put him in something <laughs> yeah. for sure. We paid a favour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. you got to pay it forward, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we've run out of time. But, have we really? Because I wanted to talk about Last Jedi. Oh, yes, Can of course you did, didn't you? You know what? Sod it. Yeah, let's yeah, tack yeah, yeah. on five minutes. Okay. I did actually want to ask you anyway, your, yeah. your best and worst um, film of the year. So, Ooh. yeah, you can probably kind of segue okay. Last Jedi, Jedi into that if you okay. want. Okay, well, like, um, I, I genuinely think Last Jedi was one of my best films of the year. Mm. I, I absolutely loved it. And I listened to your episode about The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, and there was obviously, like, mixed views. But I think the episode was very balanced. And I think it was fair about all the stuff you said. Um and but personally and it's, it's always personal like i loved it and i think it's my favorite star wars mm. i genuinely think it was my favorite star wars i think it was the most fun i've had watching star wars because mm. like if you think about the, the fun star wars like so the force awakens was, was pretty fun mm. um what other fun ones maybe maybe you've got um um return of the jedi is quite a fun one i would say the empire strikes back isn't a fun one and i would say even uh, a new hope isn't fun mm. it's good it's a good mm. film but mm. for fun wise mm. return of the jedi which it obviously isn't the best film mm. force awakens is fun mm. this to me is the epitome of a fun adventure star wars so many things happen it starts off with a massive battle the best battle i've ever seen in star wars and i, th- I think even if you a detractor of the film you don't like the film that battle at the start was amazing mm. absolutely amazing mm. special effects the kind of drama that they've installed within the first five minutes i'm like whoa this is so much happening um and I mean, obviously, people go t- to the, um, the the fight w- uh, with with Ray and um, Kylo Ren. Um, I mean, that's probably the best fight scene I've seen, um, or Jedi fight scene at least in in a Star Wars movie too. Mm. And I think if you have mm. those elements in a Star Wars movie, two of the best kind of scenes in a Star Wars movie, the whole film as a gen- as a as a as a whole is is improved by that. I can understand some of the kind of uh, the the problems with that that people say for one like why why didn't luke just go to crate why why mm. why mm. why and why is he dead i don't understand like it seems a bit of a cop-out mm. but like and then obviously you like, say he uses all of his jedi energy to kind of go across there why didn't he just go there then mm. like how long would that have ta- would that have taken um but i think like it adds more to it makes the next film kind of better because now mm. what's going to happen they've got they've got to kill off um layer somehow yes um yeah. so it's gonna make yeah. it even more interesting but mm. i thought there's so much happened in in, in the last jedi mm. um and just 
yeah, I, I just love it. It's my it's my favorite. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's 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 really like it's really interesting the the response to the last Jedi, Jedi in in terms of how um, diverse it's been. Yeah. Um, and there's parts of the the response the the sort of audience response that I've really enjoyed. Even people who who have loved it as um, you know that they've loved it because of, of, of specific things that they've identified with on a personal level with yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to that regard, I can't, you know, I, I can't disagree with anyone. I'll just be like, well, cool. You know, if you love it, yeah. that, that's a good thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy it and, and enjoy the experience with it. Um, and, and that kind of stuff has, has been really interesting to see. What I haven't enjoyed so much is um, that if, people have had a, a criticism of the movie yeah um it's kind of got caught up almost as a, you know i mean alvin mentioned it in the um podcast but it's yeah. kind of got caught up in a culture war where there's kind it of has, people yeah. who yeah. Yeah. there's on the one hand there's a set of people who seem to have a, a just a massive issue with with uh the star wars franchise now is in the yeah. way it's presented and mm-hmm. the type of people who are involved in it yeah um and then on the other hand there's a set of people who are just like um if it's you know it's if it's not by george lucas then it, i i'm not interested yeah, yeah, yeah and it it kind of means that for those people you know like richard who who may have some criticisms about this particular film unfortunately even though some of those criticisms certainly can be valid from his point of view and, and can be valid from other people's Listen, point of view it gets <laughs> yeah. it gets lost in in the kind of ether of you know fuck star wars yeah, and yeah. sjw star wars and blah blah, <laughs> blah 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 and it, and and you know we've kind of hit a point where um even star wars has fallen victim to this kind of yeah you know divisive thing that seems to be mm. going on in movies yeah. at the moment where it's you've got to pick a side and it's annoying and, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's annoying it's as people fighting it's but i mean also the thing is like what other film creates this kind of reaction out of people? Yeah, Part of me was like, so true. this yeah. is this is yeah. Star Wars, and people yeah. are like, just like blowing up the internet because yeah. of they they about film. It's like, wow, this. I mean, this is annoying, but it's also this is a film. This is fiction, and people mm. are going crazy about it, which mm. is kind of good in a way because yeah, it just yeah, for sure. it makes sure. the mythology like bigger. Mm. And like, this is our mythology. This is like our Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. in a hundred years time, people aren't going to remember Get Out or, mm. or like flipping it. People remember Star Wars. People yeah. remember <laughs> this film. They'll be like, oh yeah, the legend of Luke Skywalker and stuff. And like he he sacrificed himself for Ray. That'll be like Jesus. That'll be just, <laughs> <laughs> that'll just be like how Jesus sacrificed himself for our sins, which I still don't get to be honest. I know yeah, we went to yeah, Capitol. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how that works but like <laughs> luke skywalker sacrificed himself uh to save the uh the rebellion to, mm. to, to save the good guys and to me like i don't know i was even if you hate it if you, if you were in cinema and you didn't like hold back your tears or like try and like pretend that like, you're just rubbing something in your eye you are you're, you're dead inside, <laughs> you're dead inside. <laughs> like throughout the entire film i was just like yeah. oh no i'm gonna cry i'm gonna i'm gonna cry in front of like, my friend here this is this is bad <laughs> this is bad i've never cried in front of this friend before yeah, yeah, so yeah. i can't start yeah. now over star wars but like I, I had to really like bite my lip like oh man i hope she i hope princess leia makes it through this because i'm gonna like be in i'm gonna be a mess if she doesn't um yeah, so I mean, the only thing, the only criticism I would have about it is I, I thought Finn should have died. Mm, mm. I thought it would be. I saw a, a few people say that actually. Yeah, he should have sacrificed of where himself. The, the, his, his, yeah, 
arc sort of went in the last yeah. Jedi. In order for him to kind yeah. of reach the the epitome of of his kind of like hero status yeah. and to inspire the rest of the people, he should have died taking out that gun, mm. and then people would be like mm. Finn's a legend, and people would join join the rebellion because of him. And yeah. but because he survived, it's just like what's lost here i mean luke skywalker was i guess luke skywalker's there to kind of inspire people but like there are kids that i know it showed you in the film like kids were kind of inspired by luke skywalker but more kids would be inspired if finn died yeah. because mm. finn he turned from the empire yeah. that's more inspiring that story starting with the bad guys coming over to the to the good guys that is a more interesting story to me mm. and to me like mm. To be honest, Ray's story isn't interesting to me. Finn, to me, is the main person in the story because mm. his story is the most interesting. His arc is the best out of everybody on there. He went from the dark side. Unless unless uh, Kylo Ren gets good mm. at the moment, Finn is the, the, the main guy for me. H- mm. His storyline is is amazing, in fact. Mm. Mm. Um, and if he manages to take down the Empire himself, Jesus, that's going to be like mm. epic. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I mean even though he's not my favourite character and yeah. but I did like to who is your favourite character? Luke Skywalker okay I'm vain I want to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the story's about me man <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, I would say that's probably one of the reasons why Han Solo was such um, such a popular character yeah is because he is he's the most r- fully rounded human character out of the whole original trilogy yeah 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 he yeah. is that guy where it's like well I'm not gonna go down there. that's dangerous <laughs> would I do? you, you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say yeah, so yeah. like you said it's like he has that human element that you can you can latch onto and like you said with the thing the whole thing with Finn like Luke Skywalker's a legend whether he lives or dies yeah yeah, yeah. so that's it you know he's of Skywalker blood so yeah. even let's say if like the Scott, you know the, the Jedi archives were to ever get released, or whatever, like you're gonna see that he's come from something special anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. you said, Finn is just a guy, mm-hmm. and he's a stormtrooper. And if anything, he's he's probably like a uh, like a, quite a low stormtrooper because he's not. He was a guy just cleaning yeah. up. The yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, which so, is even more inspiring. Well, the mm. thing is, I mean, mm. like it, it even ties into the whole thing where people try to bring in race to the whole thing of like, well, stormtroopers are just white. Well. No. First things first. Do you know what? Seventy-five percent of them could be black. We don't know. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, well, yeah. well, well the thing is, <laughs> we well, don't exactly because we've never <laughs> seen their faces. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. We have they no come idea. They're the dark side for a reason. Yeah. Who knows? Well, <laughs> I have no idea. Podcast, <laughs> like, if you think about it, the original stock that the stormtroopers were made from, he he's not a white man. Mm, he's yeah. a fucking Maori. Well, in in our universe, he's a Maori. Mm. Tamura Morrison. Mm. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. So that that vodka's actually slightly good. You know, like you know, he's a Maori guy. So when people are saying like stormtroopers are white, like no, stormtroopers are not white. Yeah. And any stormtroopers that you are thinking of, you've never seen them and you've only made them up in your head. Yeah. And that just means you're fucking racist. You know, so yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yes, like yeah. I said, so like, you know, Finn has that he has that whole arc. He has that has that whole arc around him. Yeah. Um that people can essentially like latch on to and you know and, and progress and grow with him. Yeah. And like I said in in the interview, well, in the last podcast, it's the reason why I'm not really a fan of Ray. Not because Ray is a female, or I don't care whether she's a female or a male, mm-hmm. but I just don't think she has a strong hero arc. No, that, she's just not interested. That, that makes me want to continue the story. But yeah, we I've said all this before, and, I, and I've yeah. had a bit to drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do like I do like the fact that she's not a Skywalker or a Solo or a Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. It, it makes her story a little bit more interesting. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about is like, you know, like um, it was kind of discussed that Lando Calrissian was meant to be in this one. Did you guys hear why was he it, wasn't? Was that a rumor? 
Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Real rumor, yeah. Real rumor. And, okay, okay, no. And it was okay. it was totally planned. It was like written in, but you know, so like he was going to be the guy that ran the Canto Bite uh, casino, and of course that that makes that perfect sense. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and they they even like had planned like posters saying like call calling it like Lando's like casino or something. Yeah. But like so apparently he's not in like good shape at the moment. Yeah, but he's right. but that's been for a few years because yeah. I remember last yeah. time I saw he's him, been, mm. he was using a walking stick to walk. Yeah, so, yeah. So like he's mm. yeah. So that's why he he wasn't. If, if he was up to it, like physically, yeah. mm. then they would have, but that he wasn't up to it. So when mm. people say, oh, he should have had Lando. They tried. Mm. They wanted to, but it, unfortunately he wasn't up for it. But it would have been, it, I, I would have been cool. I know it's like fan service to put these old characters in, yeah. but like, I quite, yeah. I quite like it. Yeah. I yeah. like it when R2-D2 shows up. It's mm. like, oh man. I mean, the, the, that's the thing. At the end of the day, I mean, I've, I've never used like, fan service as a, as a criticism of anything yeah, yeah. because I'm a fan so yeah. service me yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me this is why I'm here yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me what I want yeah, you know exactly, yeah. you want to stroke my ego a bit yeah do it I, yeah, yeah. I don't care I'm not going to complain you know so yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It's good stuff, um, good but stuff. yeah I mean I, I when I listened to your episode I, I could see some of the kind of like uh problems you had but you, you you kind of said it in a way i've seen it in some places where they kind of say it in a way where if you don't agree with my point then then you're wrong but yeah. like how you guys have put it across and this is why i like i like your podcast why I, I like i don't listen to every i don't listen to a lot of podcasts but you but your podcast i listen to all the time mm. and maybe it's because like i know you from school so like i'm like <laughs> what, are, what are these guys up to now what, are they gonna like mention sfx or something um but like, yeah, no, it's interesting that you kind of give a balanced view and like almost from a, from a different angle than you kind of usually hear. Because like I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts hmm. and he's coming from a, like an angle where he's like bitter about the industry. He was like, <laughs> he was like not <laughs> letting him do any houses. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh man. Crazy, but yeah. Crazy. But one, one thing I wanted to ask is, um, yeah. as it's kind of the start of the new year, I'm looking for new um, comics to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might be extending your, your your podcast a little bit, but I am interested. What comics should I be reading right now? I, I read a few here and there. I read Squirrel Girl, but mm. I mean everyone everyone kind of does. Mm. Um, what do I read? Um, yeah, I just I kind of read some, some some kind of odd stuff. But is there anything particular I should be listening to right now? I mean, um, I was going to say. Now? I mean, uh, Richard is probably the perfect person to mm-hmm. ask because I haven't actually followed comics much at all. Okay, over the past um, year, apart from sort of some of the older stuff yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's come out uh, some some back issues and, and things like that yeah. but um but yeah richard is is the guy with the finger on the pulse of comics yeah. so because yeah. um, I've, re- I've read pretty much like everything you can think of any like kind of like um if you look at the top 100 graphic yeah. novels of all time i've read everything yeah i've yeah. read all the the like the big runs of all the famous names ever but like now i don't know what um, i should be reading mm. um i mean what am i reading right now and well i'll tell you if you're going to read anything more it's weird because I don't want to sound like that person who's hating, but <laughs> no, but you've got a Marvel seem to be in a, in a place right now where they just seem to be trying to force certain issues into storylines and comic books and characters. Okay. Which I think is good on their behalf because they're trying to do the good thing, but it has to stay within the context of what, of the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. If not, it just feels fake. Yeah, and if it feels fake, I don't believe you. And if I don't believe you, I don't fucking want to read your shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna say that about all of their stories. Um, so for example, I and it's weird. Okay, I'm gonna break it down like this. Uh, like I've had a bit to drink, but uh, sorry <laughs> if I stare my words. Like, don't make a particular character gay because people have been calling for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. want it. I want that person to be gay because they're gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want 
the gayness to be thrust into the th- into the forefront because that's not what that's just a, a figment of that person's character. Yeah, because you want to kind of be seen as to kind of be yeah, like a twenty exactly. first century person. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. like, listen, I've got I've got a, an eclectic bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. Like my gay friends, when I introduce them to like my other friends who might be straight, doesn't matter whether they're straight. Yeah, they don't. The first thing they don't say is that hi, my name's Andrew and I'm gay. Yeah, they don't. It's just like they just happen to be gay and that's it. Yeah, yeah. like, and and so Marvel right now seem to be trying to fan service everybody, and and I think it's it's kind of like um. Is kind of like playing havoc on, on their writing right now. Yeah. So um, so I would suggest maybe a lot of the the galactic and cosmic stuff, which seems to be um, mirroring what used to be what used to come out like the sixties and seventies of like okay. Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pick up Guardians of the Galaxy. Stuff. Yeah, Silver Surfer stuff, Adam Warlock stuff, like yeah. really like LSD trippy religious yeah. context things, but without trying to force it down your throat, just telling you a story and whatever you take from it, you take from it. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy by Jerry Duggan is really good. The Ultimates, um, Ultimates Two is really really good. Okay, I need to read that. Yeah, Ultimates um, One was brilliant. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I've been picking up from Marvel properly. Okay, um, I've been picking up a few comics from Image. So, uh, Deadly Class. Deadly Class, yeah. So yeah. I'd say pick that up before yeah. the TV show comes out yeah. this year. Okay, um, Deadly Class Saga. I love Saga. Yeah, actually, that's one I always yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. Paper Girls. Pa- uh, Paper Girls is my yeah. jam. And of course <laughs> the, the it's my jam. The thing is, you know, we've yeah, had yeah. stories about Paper Girls yeah, yeah. and bloody SFX. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, man, if you had bikes and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like Paper Girls, um, Low. Have you read Low? No, I haven't. No, no, no. Pick up Low. The Wicked and the Divine, I haven't yeah, read yet. I've but, read. Um, that's on my list. It's amazing. Well. amazing. So you got that. Yeah. Um, DC wise, to be honest, DC have had a, a shit couple of years. But what they've done is that they've listened to the readers and they've paid attention to the mistakes that they've made. <laughs> Which is quite funny because this is something which is the complete opposite to the movies that they're bringing out. <laughs> yeah, it's just a but, disaster. Um, they've rectified a lot of the problems that they've made in the past few years with like um, New 52. Yeah. And they're just coming out with some amazing writing. Nice. Okay. Green Lantern. Yeah. Batman. I heard Batman's amazing at the Listen, moment. Bat- yeah. Batman, Batman right now can do no wrong. <laughs> okay. um, you've got Batman, even Superman, Super Sons. Yeah. They've got a new comic book which I'm really waiting for called um, The Terrifics. Supergirl's apparently really good at the moment. Su- Supergirl I haven't read. Okay. Um, the Titans is, is pretty good. The Flash is good. Yeah. But it just seems like they've really focused on their main characters that helped yeah. to build the DC brand and said, okay, we're going to run with this. Yeah. As opposed to Marvel who are still seeing everything as just one big franchise and they're trying to cram everybody into anything. Um, for Marvel, pick up Thor, the latest run of, well, not the latest, the, the past female couple, Thor. The female Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pick up Jason Aaron's first run of Thor, which leads into this. Okay. And it's probably some of the best writing I've ever read. Oh, okay. Like, it, it deconstructs the Thor that we know and allows you to believe that Jane Foster can now be Thor and it works perfectly. Okay. Like, like I said, it doesn't matter whether it's a female Thor or if it's a if it's a male Thor. It's about the the story and it's about the character. And Jason Aaron nails it on the head. So okay. yeah, if anything, pick that up first. Okay. And 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 one last thing I know is running times running out. Um, I I wanted to say something because like you guys obviously review all the DC and Marvel films. I I want to talk about um the kind of the Emperor's New Clothes type situation with Wonder Woman. Hmm. So, I mean, this might be controversial, but like, so obviously it's the first female superhero mm-hmm. who made a ton of money. Everyone's hyping it up. If you say one single bad word about it, you're, you're the worst person in the universe. Film was boring. <laughs> the film was boring. Uh, yeah. uh, to me, 
like I, I went into it thinking, oh, okay, I've heard so much good about this film. Maybe that was kind of the, the thing that turned me against it. Um, I watched it looking for all these great things, and I was like, this is a standard DC superhero movie. It's it's as good as the other DC films. Maybe it's a slight better. It was a better director, so maybe it's a slightly better storyline. But to me, there was nothing in it that kind of separated it from the other DC movies. Um, Marvel just shit all over DC, um, mm-hmm. and I'm yep. and like I I don't like the fact that we're in we're in a situation where if you say something bad about a film that's female fronted, um, you get shit on. Mm-hmm. It, like the film is boring. The film mm-hmm. is boring. Like I wanted to like it. I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, number one. Uh, the actress that plays um, what's her name again? The actress that plays Gal- one of them, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, she's stunning. She, she her screen presence is second to none. She's a terrible actress. Mm. She is a terrible. She couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. She's terrible. And um, when you put her up against like the even Ben Affleck in if he, in, in Justice League movie, and that's saying something. He acts her off off the screen. She isn't a good actress. Um, and. Like, I mean, she's obviously working with what she's got. And in the superhero movie, you're not going to get the best kind of soliloquies or whatever. But, um, yeah, what do you, what do you guys think about <laughs> about the DC movies and why? Yeah. what can they do to kind of improve and kind of catch up with Marvel a bit? Mm. Um, I mean, this is, yeah, this is something we've talked about a lot. And, I mean, listeners will, will know we've talked about this to, to death almost. <laughs> Me and Richard and Alvin yeah. have, have been over this. Um they seem to have a lot of problems right now um, based on, on kind of the things that you're hearing about sort of Warner Brothers and, and the DC division and how they're handling it. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a lot of problems. There seems to be a lot of internal politics. There seems to be a lot of... Um, there's factions almost within uh, the, the the executives who are handling that brand. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be directly affecting what, what's happening on screen and the actual things that you're seeing on screen. Um, and that is kind of how they've managed to end up in, in the mess that they've had. Um, whereas at Marvel Studios, they, it's it's more or less one voice that, that, that you know, is, has the ultimate say, which is Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and he obviously has his executives, he has his other producers, and they will all... You know, they all have an, an opinion on, on, on the movies and, and the way that they want to go. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's his one voice that will say, okay, like, let's do this. Um, you guys, you know, decide how you want to do it, but let's do this. Yeah. And then let's do that. And, and it, you get the impression that there's, um, you know, everybody's swimming in, in the same direction. Everybody's rowing in the, the boat in the same direction. Yeah. Whereas with Warner Brothers DC, it seems like, as I said, there's a lot of internal politics there. And this person's pulling that way. That person's going that way. That person's going yeah. that way. And um, it it seems to be directly affecting what comes out at the other end. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you've you, you heard this story after um, Justice League came out, but... Um, one of the, you know, one of the, the kind of complaints that, that people that didn't like the film had um, and something that Richard brought up was, the, you know, the concept of time within that movie and the fact that it felt like yeah. um, you couldn't really get a sense of where the movie was placed, where it was beginning, where it was yeah. ending and, and, and so on. And part of Marvel, you can. Yeah. And part of the problem with, with that was because um, obviously they had to change director and, and, 
um, you know, there was significant rewrites and so on and so on. Yeah. Anyway, um, apparently it came out afterwards that there was talk from some people at WB saying, you know what, we're not really going to make this 2017 release date. This movie's just not ready. We need more time. Yeah. Let's push it back until 2018. And, um, you know, the rumor that, that came out was that the higher ups said no. And the reason why they said no was because if um, the movie came out on a specific date uh, in, no, I can't remember when it was now, but, um, you know, if it made its release date in 2017, then yeah. the higher ups would get a bonus payment from <laughs> oh, the merger, the planned merger that was going to happen between AT&T and Warner Brothers. So because of, um, because Justice League w was kind of like seen as, you know, the, the prize asset that Warner Brothers were they pushing to, to yeah. AT&T to say, you know, come sign with us. We've got the Justice League. This is going to make us X amount of money. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, they couldn't be seen to be backing away from that project so they had to keep going forward with it or certainly in the minds of those executives they had to so it's yeah I mean and again we don't know how true this is this is this is all based on stuff that I've read yeah. online but I mean it, it seems like there's just a lot of things going on there and um, going back to your, your thoughts on Wonder Woman I mean I I enjoyed I, I enjoyed Wonder Woman overall. Yeah. Um I didn't hate the movie. Um I don't know if that's maybe because in comparison to what the other DCU yeah. movies are like, I was being maybe more a little bit generous than, than I would be. But I did enjoy it and I certainly um you know, I'm certainly not ignorant to the the, the cultural significance of, of Wonder Woman. Far from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm more than happy for any uh, woman who feels um, impacted by that movie to to celebrate the fact that they feel impacted sure. by that movie. Yeah. But we also have to bear in mind, and again, this goes back to you know people's views on Star Wars: The Last Jedi and so on. That you know. It, there should be a space where everybody can say what they feel about the movie. And as yeah. long as it's not, you know, as long as you're not turning around and going, I hate Wonder Woman because it was directed by Patty Jenkins and women don't know what they're doing when they're directing. Mm -hmm. Or I hate Wonder Woman because it's a woman in the lead and women shouldn't be leading movies. You know, yeah. and, and, unless somebody's coming out with that as a criticism, yeah. if they are, then by all means, you know, you, you, you can confront somebody about those kind of opinions. Well, but if somebody is just kind of assessing the movie as a whole I'm in terms of what they've seen and don't like it, yeah, I'm saying fair the, dues. The movie's boring. Wonder Woman comics are boring. Her entire storyline is boring. I don't care about these. Her whole backstory about being on that island with all these um, Amazons—it's boring. It's—it's it's, it's not a good story. It's—it—it it, it doesn't make any sense. It's boring. Um, and I wasn't like leaping off my seat to kind of watch, go watch the movie. I watched it because everyone else said it was good. But I think people are lying to themselves. That movie <laughs> is, that movie it actually isn't good. And I think once time has, has gone, in, once like 10 years have passed, 15 years have passed, people will go back and go, oh, actually, the only reason that we said this movie was good because it was important. The movie is important. It was the first proper female superhero movie because you can't get Catwoman or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and she did a very, very good job. Um, it it sold tickets. It did what it had to do. But if you go back to it, that is not a good movie. That is a boring movie, in fact. There's that one scene where they're fighting, blah, blah, blah. That's good. 
everything around it is, is boring. What, too long, wasn't interested. The whole end sequence, absolutely boring. Um, I am looking forward to Batgirl, though, hmm. because the, the most recent Batgirl comics from Marvel mm. have been... DC. Sorry, DC. Yeah, be careful, um, man. <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's because... The, um, the fanboys are hanging <laughs> for that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's what he's talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Joss Whedon's jumping from, uh, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from yeah. both. Yeah. Um, so he went over to do Batgirl, um, and... I, I love the bat, the DC Batgirl. I'm saying it so much so you know I know it's DC. <laughs> <laughs> the, the DC, the recent Batgirl comic is probably in my top five favorite comics of the last couple of ye- couple of years because it puts That's her. That's the uh, Babs Tall. Yes, one, right? exactly. Yeah. Cool. It puts her in the 21st century. It, 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 you can relate to this person because she talks like you talk. Um, I'm not saying I'm a teenage girl, but sometimes <laughs> I have the mind of a teenage girl. <laughs> um, and uh, the. It's just just a real good fun comic to to kind of read, and and there's no one better. I know people have, especially Joss Whedon. He doesn't it doesn't make it easy for himself, but because there has been problems with him like cheating on his wife and stuff with possibly the actresses on Buffy. But um, apparently it's Cordelia, right? He done well, man. It was Cordelia. Yeah, apparently, Cordelia? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he done well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sources Smashed say. <laughs> I remember hearing about this say. like in the early two thousands. A friend of mine who had a friend who used to do like the Buffy cons here. <laughs> and he told me that story. And it only, it's only like years later when I was like, hey, I heard that story before. Yeah. Cordy. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you think about it, like, she was like 17 or something, like mm-hmm. concept, so mm-hmm. a little bit sus, but mm. um, <laughs> there isn't anyone better to do a Batgirl movie than Joss, Joss Whedon. Because um, obviously, I think Buffy is one of the greatest uh, genre TV shows ever made. And, if anyone knows how to do a teenage female superhero, it's him. Mm. Um, so yeah, so yeah. So we've sidetracked about Oop. fifteen million times Oop. in this, but I think that's we've, all right, we've man. A lot of, I think uh, our, our listeners yeah. are used to it by now. To be <laughs> honest, quite yeah, frankly, yeah. they they know what we're about, so yeah, it's cool. But um, Jed, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Nice. Oh, before you go, yeah. um, could you let everybody know where they can see your work and yeah. how they can find you and so, shout um, at you on Twitter yeah, and stuff so for can, hating Wonder Woman? You can follow me, uh, <laughs> by all means, please do, and, and justify why it's a good film, because it's not. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Jed Sheber, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Uh, Instagram the same. Uh, go Post Pop Records if you want to find out what I'm doing in terms of music. Uh, Post Pop Podcast dot com to find out my podcast one's called what to watch on netflix which these guys are on in about five minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna put them on my podcast talking about uh, film recommendations none of us are prepared so it's gonna be interesting yeah it should be um, weird <laughs> and there's a bunch of other podcasts i do but uh yeah mainly find me on twitter for stuff um w- w- one more thing like um i'm gonna find out today if i'm going to be writing the new comic for the toxic avenger which is a trauma kind of uh the, the basically the house of trauma um toxic avenger what is what made trauma and trauma kind of uh was the place where james gunn first um kind of had his his way he wrote stuff for them directed stuff for them um obviously um matt parker no tr- what's the name matt parker. oh trey parker and matt stone. Parker, matt, yeah parker stone yeah for, for the um <laughs> south park guys they started a trauma as well so um, I love Trauma and I love Trauma films and I love Toxic Avenger. So it's a real privilege if I do get to to write the the kind of reboot of their comic, which I think I have, but um, I'll find out for definite in a, in a couple of hours time. Um, and yeah, so just follow me on Twitter at Jed Shepherd. Um, yeah, I, I've listened to your podcast for ages, guys. So I'm really glad I'm finally on it. And um, 
he would have known like back in school that we would mm. be sitting here in 2018 <laughs> talking about comics yeah. and film yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The geeks have inherited the earth, people. Yeah. The geeks have inherited the earth. They have. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks thanks a lot, man, for no worries, making Sam. the time for us. And as I said, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. It's been great to, to kind of see how you've you've kind of as said risen um within the, the the creative arts and how you've you've kind of made your way along um and you know all the best to you man for for the future and Cheers, you know man. we'll be there you know just yeah. don't forget us if you get a celebrity premiere well, next I'll, year I'll, or anything I'll, I'll we'll, we'll be there we're gonna be on in a few months anyway man what are we talking about yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah and yeah. shout to the man geek who isn't isn't here yeah i think a, yeah, i've yeah. taken his place by being the negative one of the group uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he he won't take kindly to that. He'll, yeah, probably, yeah. He'll, he'll probably challenge you to a fight now. He'll be like, like that. that's my secret. I'm <laughs> always angry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if he was here, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman was fucking shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> fucking hated it as well. Yep, that, that's, that's our man geek, mate. That's our man geek. Well, thanks a lot, Jed. And listeners, Cheers, thanks man. a lot for listening. Um, make sure that you subscribe to us. Uh, at the end of the podcast, there will be a little trailer at the end that will tell you how to subscribe and where to find us. So make sure you check those out as well. All right, we're out of here. Thanks a lot for listening and take care, people. Peace. If you like what you just heard, why don't you follow us online? You can find us on Twitter at WulongTalks.com, on Facebook at WulongTalks, and on Instagram at WulongTalks. We also have our blog, which we update kind of regularly, and you can find us there at www.WulongTalks.com. If you have any ideas for topics or would like us to feature your geek-based products or business on our show, you can always get in touch with us via email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com.